Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. A slightly more positive episode tonight as Northern Ireland have beaten Kosovo 2-1 at Windsor Park to hopefully, possibly, guaranteed, I haven't worked out the mathematics of it, stay in League C um, for the next Nations League campaign. It's our first win in the Nations League ever after about a million attempts. And I am joined by Dave Dunning and Dave Dunning only tonight. And we're going to get stuck into it straight away. Um, Dave, we had problems with your Premier Sports player. You can log in for the first 20 minutes. I can tell you you missed absolutely nothing apart from some dreadful defending and pretty much more of what we've seen for the entire Nations League campaign. Um, but we'll start with the, the starting selection because I know you've some interesting thoughts on that. Well, interesting is probably a... a, a, a <laughs> it's probably a stretch for 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 your opinions, I think normally, but uh, yeah, go ahead exactly. anyway, because you you sort of think that he's he's sort of strayed from his usual principles in terms of bringing what he was brought in to do is remit, bringing the young players through, um, and basically picks uh, a lot of the experienced players tonight. Which, when you look at the lineup, you can't really disagree with. Yeah, first of all, absolutely gutted whenever the the I finally got the the thing working on my phone. I had to watch my phone, but <laughs> yeah, you thought you were getting out of this tonight. Well, I was getting out of it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, but I, I do, I do, th- I do think it's interesting. We all know, and we've all praised um, Barclough kind of relentlessly, and it's always been his, it's always been a bit of a get out of jail free card for him that he's introducing young players into the squad and he's bridging the gap between the under twenty ones. And we've seen you know countless countless players um, get debuts under him, but when. <laughs> You know, when when he when his back's really up against the wall here, um, we've got an Evans, Flanagan, McNair, Lewis comes back in. You know, couldn't get him in quick enough, and then you know you don't have you you've no um, McCann there, you've no Lavery there. He goes Dion Charge, the big lad, and and try and trust McGuinness along with Davison and Savile, kind of ever presence presence in there, and then the other one which I think kind of um, speaks most volumes is. Brought Corey Evans in there, who is bags of experience, a bit of a destroyer, and can barely run. Um, so I just, I just found that that was interesting, given you know the options that he had: um, Thompson, Lavery, White, you know Ali McCann. We've mentioned, um, you know, I thought. <laughs> Might have seen a bit of Kofi Bomber. I don't know. And not, not, not only just that, Dave, not only the starting lineup, but the fact he takes off Theon Charles over Josh McGuinness. Now, it, it, it ends up being an inspired move from him, but based on all that we saw from the first 70 minutes, I think you could quite easily have said that Dion Charles was our best player and Josh McGuinness was our worst player. But at the end of the day, he's the one that's on the end of a cross. Does Charles get on the end of that? Probably not. So do we give him credit for that? Or, you know, is I, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I get I get the reason. I, I've seen I get why he things. keeps him on ultimately, but it's it's very Barraclough. Like, regardless, he's never gonna take McGuinness off there. He's always taking Charles off, isn't he? Yeah, I think the term the term pragmatic has been used countless yeah. times on this podcast to describe Ian Barraclough. Um yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Ben Harsh Ben Harshaw amongst the chief offenders for that one. <laughs> and he's and he's you know, he's right though. He, yeah. he is right. Um and it's 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 pragmatic again tonight. It's it's his back three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his midfield five, and no real kind of threat other than from wide areas. And if you're not getting it from the wide areas, you're not getting it from anywhere else. So Absolutely. yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And I, I guess we'll start with the negatives and move on to the positives because that's kind of the 
chronology of the game in a certain sense. Um, I know you didn't see the first 20 minutes, but you you saw enough of the first half to see how pretty dreadful it was, to be honest. You know, the last 15 games to know what the first half Well, exactly, was. yeah, just rinse and repeat. You could record one of those games and play it, and you'd get the exact same idea. It was, it was really, really poor. I thought the back line were really, really poor. I didn't think Kosovo were particularly interested in winning that game, but we we gave them chances and we gave them opportunities to, to basically get a goal in that first half. And some of Peacock's Far- Peacock Farrell's goalkeeping is really suspect, but it ends up kind of being one of those where a ball comes into the box and all three of them kind of drop back. It's almost like all three of them are worried about their pace, which they may individually have a right to do, but there must be some sort of structure there whereby one of them steps up, one of them closes them down, and I understand Johnny Evans, and I mean, last last year, year and a half, two years, I have to be honest, and I hate to say it, but in a Northern Ireland shirt, he has been a little bit ropey at times. He hasn't been that sort of Rolls Royce of a centre half that we've seen over the years from Johnny Evans. And then you've got Flanagan there. He's obviously petrified of playing at international level, and he absolutely should be, by the way. No disrespect to him, but he's, he's a League One player for a reason. He's been sold by a League One team for a reason. And then Paddy McNair, who's... Who is is more in the back three for what is he? Kind of, what is he? Is he well, a well, right exactly, back? Is yeah. he a or is he a center? Nobody half? really knows, but I know Dave, we're not really getting an awful lot out of him from one of our better quality players. That's what I would say. Yeah. So he's in the back line more for his, his ability in possession and making those overlapping runs, which we didn't really see him get an opportunity to do tonight. And it's kind of that sort of pragmatism element that, that you've said before. But not only that, but the midfield, there was so much space at times for Kosovo in the midfield to break with. And I don't really understand how that happens. And I don't know whether it's because the front line are pushed up and they're pressing. Obviously, Dion Charles is doing a lot of pressing. The back line are a little bit deeper because they're worried about their pace. But it ended up just being a massive, massive Grand Canyon of space in the midfield for Kosovo. And they dominated the first half. And if, if they went in one or two in a lot, we couldn't have had any complaints. And I promise we will come on to the positives after this, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 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 again, with three boys in the middle of the park there who they're not particularly big. They're not particularly mobile. They're... You know, Savile's by a distance the youngest, and what age is he? 28, so, so 29, something, yeah, something like, that. like that. Yeah, you know, um, so if you've got and yeah, they're not the best side, sure, but they are a technical team and they like to play from the back, and you know, they pop it in defeat and they try and move it quickly. And we just don't have the legs to get in and about a team like that, especially when there's that much space between the midfield and the back three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that they don't want to step up. Um, because of the pace um, issue there, but also like I'm not massive, I'm not a massive fan of a back three playing a high line when you've got that exposure down e- either side when you're playing with essentially they're not wing, they're not even wing backs, they're they're right they're right left midfielders really. It's what the two yeah. backs are doing, yeah. you know what I mean? So what you have then is just a massive gulf in space between the midfield three, the back three, and then McGinnis running around trying to link the play somehow and hold the ball up. And it's it's well we've got we've got fifteen games worth of evidence as to, to what that brings us and what it is is not a lot of control, um, not a lot of success. Um, we expose ourselves badly and we don't create a lot. So I, I don't I don't really know what else to say to be honest. 
I think if you're if you're looking at it, and it, it's I guess it's kind of a brave point to make on a podcast like this, but it is what eighty percent of people are thinking, and there will be twenty percent who think we're well. Me, I'm saying it. I'm an absolute plastic for saying this. I'm not a true Northern Ireland fan, but I was worried about whether if we won this game tonight, that we, you know, will this be by Ian Barclough more time? And if you'd offer me a defeat with him guaranteed of being sacked after it, I, you know, I'd have had a decision to make. Put it that way. It's obviously important in terms of not going down into League D, but and we'll come on to talk about that a little bit later. But you know, it's it's almost the perfect it's almost the perfect result for us because we win two one, but we're we're pretty dreadful for a lot of that game, bar maybe the last half hour. But even in the last half hour, at times I sort of look at this and I think, what's our plan? What does the Northern Ireland goal look like? And I suppose that, that you know that that's probably the biggest thing. If we'd have won two one tonight, playing brilliantly, it might have bought him the Euros campaign. Well. We can't really afford to give them the Euros campaign. We can't afford to throw a Euros campaign like that because the way the European Championships now are, with it being extended to 24 teams, that's our best opportunity by a million miles to qualify for a major tournament. There's every chance we never qualify for a uh, a World Cup in, in our lifetimes. And I say our lifetimes there as if they're going to cross over in any way, shape or form. <laughs> but, um, but, but it is true. Even if you finish second in a World Cup qualifying game, I mean, you have to go through a playoff and you're playing the likes of Italy, you're playing the likes of Portugal. That's a semi-final now. You know, this upcoming European qualifying campaign, I'll be 30 by the time the next one comes around after this. So, you know, I'm sort of thinking, well, I know, imagine where my hairline is by that point. But uh, (laughs) Where mine is, probably. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll compare at 30. Listen, the podcast still going. We'll do a little comparison. But I think it's the most important. I think it's really important that we nail this European qualifying campaign. And I hope we don't just keep Barclough in it because... We, we we can't pay him off. I hope it's because we actually think he's the, the best man for the job. And listen, I'd say 85% of people listening to this will say he's not. We'll go on to a couple of positives. One is in the first half, and we'll do them both together because there's quite a bit to get through, not that much time to do it in. But I, I, like, I really, really enjoyed Dion Charles' performance tonight. I really enjoyed it. Not that he's by any means the best striker in the world. Listen, he broke through two or three years ago in League One. He's still playing in League One ultimately. There's, you know, talk about championship clubs being after him. I, I don't know if he could cut at a championship level. I'm sure he could do okay. But the main thing for me was he, he like, and it's a really, really basic point. It's a really, really basic level of analysis, but he got stuck in. He he got his body around. There's one where he uses his arse brilliantly to, to shrug off the center half and gets a shot away. And he just buzzes around. I don't know. I just, I just enjoy his performance as much as I think I can completely understand why you can't play at championship level simultaneously, I can sort of think there's a lot, a hell of a lot of games I could see you starting in. And bearing in mind that's his first start tonight, I sort of think there, there's bound to be some games, especially some of the performances we've put in, where Dion Charles could have come in and done well. And at the same time, we'll do Connor Bradley, because obviously he's coming through. He's very highly rated, playing on the right wing for Bolton. And there's a couple of times where he's defensively suspect tonight, but ultimately he's at the heart of a lot of the good things that we do going forward. A lot of the chances we create around kind of 50 to 70 minutes, he's at the heart of, and I thought he did really well. And those two, I thought were probably the two best players tonight. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, Charles is a funny one, isn't he? Um, You know, you mentioned the League One, League One kind of scenario there, but then he had that, Stint at Accrington where it kind of all went wrong and his career was basically put on hold. I think that was for... more off the field though, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was off the field. But what it meant is, well, he wasn't getting football. Um, he was frozen out. He wasn't training, and his, his career stalled at that point. So, it, you know, he might sit here and tell you if that hadn't happened, and he had to pick a different club to go yeah, to, then completely he fair. might be playing in the championship now. Um, 
So it, it remains to be seen. I think from Charles' perspective, he said some words, didn't he, before the game about always being in a team that he started in and he, you know, needed to get his first goal and he's always scored goals. And to be fair to him, he took that bullish attitude um, into the game and onto the pitch tonight. And he did look like a player that was out to prove a point. Um, he was creating chances for himself. He was creating space for himself to get shots away. He was absolutely not interested in trying to play anybody in or look for another option if he had the slightest sight on goal. And what, do you think his, a, what do you think his passes attempted is tonight? It might be zero. It could be. But I think there's a void there. And he's, as a centre forward, he's going, nobody scores goals in this team. Yeah. If I can get a couple of goals... Then there's surely there's no way that I can, <laughs> I can be dropped. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think Charles. It's an interesting one. Um, you know, I think why Lavery doesn't start. You know, I don't know. I've kind of surmised as to why that might be the case, but I, I honestly don't know. I think if Washington's available, he's he's probably starting ahead of Charles. I would say. Yeah. Um, Bradley, on the other hand, kind of the other end of the scale. He's he's got to move. Now to Bolton, started his Bolton career really well. Really well. Yeah. Really, really well. Gets a couple of goals. Big fan favorite there. Really seems to be enjoying his football. And um, I think that's what he needs. And the more games for us he gets, the more games for 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 Bolton he gets, the better it's gonna be. But we've seen like wasn't it, it was the last game where he was a bag of nerves, wasn't it the last game? Was it the the Cyprus game? No, no, no. I'll tell you what game it was. Is the the first game of the last campaign, the Greece game. He was a bag of nerves. Um, I think he he sort of he gets he's on the bench for the next three, but when he comes on, he he still makes an impact, doesn't he? You know, Mm -hmm. so like it's you know he, he. that that I think because at that point ever there was so much hype about him and he had by, by the way by that point it was like what June so he hadn't had any fo- first team football under his belt compared well, to what 10 15 games where as you yeah. say he's done amazing for Bolton and playing on the right wing which is where he started out by the way before he was sort of changed into right wing back right back by Liverpool yeah, yeah. so I think I think that is the point those those two contrasts and performances kind of um the bookends his career so far where he is playing under 18 football and he's been thrown into a man's game at international level and it's just all a bit much but now after starting the season playing first team football at a decent level certainly for a kid his age um, you can see the confidence it's given him and just that match sharpness where he knows if it's a misplaced pass it's fine I've been through this before I've been doing this all season and also he's just a bit sharper his passing's better, so there's less reason for his confidence to start. Presses so well as well. You can completely yeah. tell that he's been in a Jurgen, he's been training with a Jurgen Klopp team. Yeah, he's a, he's bags and bags of energy, which is great. So you know he's he's a bright bright spot in that team, and you know certainly I think there's been talk about him being seen as as a midfielder um, as his career progresses. That's what everybody's been been talking about. So you can you can see him being that that leggy midfielder that kind of beats a man and breaks the lines and gets gets shots away from the edge of the area, um, like, like he's done this season already and scored. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time for him. Um, but I think that right-hand side, certainly given Dallas's um, absence, is great to have somebody like him to come in and fill that and also progress his career as he does it. 
Definitely. And I think because the word back is in that right wing back position, people right see it as more of a, well, I, well, I think it's more of a midfield position. I always do. And certainly the way he goes about his business, it's more of a right midfield position. So, uh, so yeah, I thought he did really well. But listen, we've talked we've talked about two players there. Obviously, Bradley finishes the game. I think he doesn't get subbed off, does he? But but Charles comes off as, as much as Charles is possibly a rest player. There, Charles comes off before the, the two goals are scored. So, we'd probably be best talking about the, the four players who come on. Um, one of which is uh, not not your favorite fella, Jordan Thompson. I thought he did okay. I mean, the, the set pieces were. I can already see you, uh, yeah, sh- shivering uh, at the. <laughs> Well, listen, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you talk about it in a second because we'll do them all together. Obviously, Gavin White, uh, Gavin White comes on, gets a goal and assist, and you know I really like him, and he's he's on five goals from Northern Ireland now. And listen, we were joking in the pub about like how that's like it's pathetic that we're getting excited about that, you know, five goals for a football club, but that, that's that's the or a football team, an international team. That's the level we're at. We only have sort of what seven or eight players who are above 10 goals for Northern Ireland. So if somebody at that age has scored five goals, despite not really playing at that top level, you know, it's it's exciting. And he is one of those players who does get numbers. He plays at that uh, in the friendly back in June at right wing back. It's a goal, you know, gets gets sort of in and around. And he's not the most fashionable winger. He's kind of more of the mold of sort of get to the get to the byline, get a cross in like he does something in this goal. He's not the sort of Jordan Jones, again, your mate, in yeah, that okay. sort of mold. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of mold of like being more tricky he's get to the byline and and listen when teams come to play Northern Ireland and they feel like they can go toe-to-toe there is space in behind for the likes of a Gavin White but he also gets on the end of a lot of chances he gets the goal tonight you know it seems like an easy finish but if if it's uh, if it's that easy why does everyone not have six or seven goals for Northern Ireland you know he seems to be the one getting in those positions over and, and time and time and time again and for me there's no there's no coincidence about that I think that's because he's a good player and he's an intelligent player. Lavery obviously comes on and has the composure to square it. You know, again, we were saying sort of like, you know, if Kyle Lafferty's in that position, he's putting the boot through it and he's possibly not um, he, he, he's, he's, he's possibly not scoring the goal. I mean, probably not scoring the goal given he hasn't scored for about six years. <laughs> and I think at this point, isn't going to play again. And then there's Thompson and there's Ferguson as well, who I thought Lewis was a little bit jittery, completely understandable, hasn't played a lot of football in the last two or three years. But Ferguson comes yep. on and offers that little bit more assurance. And it seems like a conservative change, but it's probably the change we needed at the time. Um, and I thought those four individually, some more than others, but everyone certainly in some sense changed the game in some way. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but at the same time, it's it's hard. It's, it's, it's a difficult one because with those four, players are on it's it's chaos the last 20 minutes is chaos it's end to end they have three massive chances before we go and get the winner like massive massive chances in fact the the, the, the equalizer comes from a massive chance yes peacock Farrell gets down and and puts a strong that's a on. phenomenal save by the way yeah and there's but, one and, and the other one at 1-1 where he, he sort of flicks the arm up and flicks it wide I yeah, think, and then yeah, I don't know when the, I don't know when the other chance was the one where the big lad just takes it down and, and the edge of six yard box and, and just kicks it over his yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah. So at that point there is space and players like players like Lavery and White they thrive on that space in behind and those passes been able to find a way to get them a bit of an opportunity to get in behind. So the stage of the game they come on probably lent itself to them. I think. For that reason, it's a sensible substitution. It makes sense given the way the game's going. White, I don't know what you think. I, I get kind of early um, 
nine McGinn vibes off Gavin White. Yeah, you McGinn know. scored so many important goals, and he was yeah. at, num- at at club level. He was pure numbers, and if yeah. he can be that without being sort of spectacular in, in in general play for Northern Ireland, I'll take that all day long because numbers are exactly what we need. Yeah, so I think there's certainly parallels to be drawn, and and he could be. And McGinn again was was a bit of a wild card player. You didn't really know what you were going to get from him, but he would just pop up with with big goals and big times and big occasions. And, you know, if Gavin White can, if that can be something that's going to kickstart him, because it, it has been, is, you know, those five goals, they must come in his last 10 games or so. I, you know, yeah, one's in I, his debut, isn't it? Obviously, first touch. But uh, after that, yeah, I think they're all quite recent. So, so yeah, I mean, I, for me, like like Gavin Gavin White just gets sort of gets in those positions. He he seems like an out and out winger, but he also sort of gets central. And I don't know, you, you, I feel like you don't get sort of five goals from Northern Ireland without having that little bit of a knack about you. And I think we've said it about Savile before, albeit obviously Savile hasn't scored a goal for Northern Ireland before. He's had a lot of bad luck or maybe bad finishing, depending on how you view it. By the way, I thought he was pretty good tonight. It's not going to be popular. I know you did as well. Threads yeah, a three ball for fine. the. Um, for the um for the the Dion Charles disallowed goal and, and thought just sort of gave us a bit of a, a bit of muscle in midfield more than anything else because obviously as you correctly mentioned earlier you've got Davison and Corey Evans in there who will buzz about but ultimately you need a little bit more a little bit more stamina in there which which Savile gave us thought he did really well um we we should we should mention Josh McGuinness as well because I mean I thought he was really poor tonight overall but there's a reason leaves him on the pitch and um. And and that is because if you if you, ultimately if you're whipping a ball into the box and it's a decent ball, no matter how badly or how well Josh McGinnis is playing, there's always a chance he can get in the end of it. It's a really good header, by the way. It's a great it's a, header. It's, it's a phenomenal it, header. Is it because it is? It's it's behind him. It's behind him. Yeah, and it's, and it's bending away from the goal, so yeah. he has to properly arch his neck and just great contact and. Just guides it, the keepers not keepers rooted, just guides it past them. Um, it's absolutely superb. And he, he has that in him, you know. That's not the first last minute winner he scored. He scored big goals in the past yeah. as well. But again, I think we can't we kind of hark back to oh David Haley and oh do you remember Kyle Lafferty was good for 18 months. Yeah. This is the norm for Northern Ireland. This yeah. is this is this is an above this is a center forward that's given us an above average return. Absolutely. So you you might have your own opinions on him, but you know if you take those two anomalies out, one being a player and one being a a patch of form, then you know you'll do well to scratch around and find somebody who's done a better job for us. Yeah, absolutely, and and just just some stats on that as well. And I know we don't score many goals as a as a nation. I know we were formed a lot sort of later as a football team than than other nations, even later than what we were formed as a nation. But you've got Healy in thirty six, Lafferty in twenty. There, after that, you've got Colin Clark and Steve Davis in twi- um, thirteen, three and four. You've got Jimmy Quinn, Jerry Armstrong, Ian Dowie, five, six, and seven on twelve. And then you've uh, on twelve goals, and you've got Jimmy McElroy, John Cross, Johnny Crossan, and now Josh McGuinness on ten goals. I mean, he's he's quietly worked his way up to the the top ten Northern Ireland scorers of all time. And I don't care what you think of him, and I have I have several opinions on him in, in terms of his overall play. I don't particularly like to see him in the starting lineup. I didn't like seeing him in the starting lineup tonight, but you have to give him credit for somebody who started out at seventeen as a goalkeeper, worked his way to a striker to be in the top ten. Um, list of goal scorers for your country 
is, is an incredible achievement and he's not even finished yet. You know, if he scores sort of four more goals, let's say we get relegated to the league C, which I don't think we will at this point. Um, but, you know, if you're if he, if he, get, he sort of gets a couple of goals against a Gibraltar or a San Marino, he can very easily find himself third top Northern Ireland goal scorer of all time. That's not out of the out of the question. And, no, you know, there's not... not- there's not penalty. There, there aren't penalties in there either. They're all open play goals. They're all goals where he's. There might be one actually, right, Samarino? Maybe there's one. Yeah, maybe. I think he might. Be, but but anyway, he's not. You know, Davis has, has got to there by maybe what six, seven, or eight penalties. Josh McGinnis has got there from from general goals and open play, and it's one of those things where you can put a striker who's more exciting in there. You can put a striker who's. Uh, got more ability, got more skill in there. But at the end of the day, being big, strong and quick can get you a long way in football. And it has got Josh McGinnis a long way in this Northern Ireland team. Three or four more goals there and you're talking him. Outscoring Colin Clark, Ian Dye, Jerry Armstrong. People that you wouldn't dare speak his name in the same sentence <laughs> no, as. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So, Yeah. I think credit's words due. He's a limited footballer. Let's all be really honest about that. But we're we're a small country with a lot of limited footballers. Yeah. By the and way, I think his long throws are shocking. For a long throw specialist, he's the worst at them. They yes, just the sort of loop in the air. It's like if you threw a bottle of Coke in the air without the lid on it. It just sort of wiggles about yeah. in the air and then drops pretty much straight in front of you. It's just another area of the game that we're very, very below average. It's just to stack it up with all of the other aspects of our play. Um, so yeah, look, I think it gives you it gives you heart, it gives you endeavor. I know it's all a bit Roy Keane and a bit cliche, but um, sometimes you don't see that enough, and you see what happens when when young players come in and they kind of buckle under the pressure, and some boys come in there. And you know, there's the whole old Greg debacle. Like, do they really care? Do they really go out there and leave it all on the pitch? Well, there's never going to be a question mark around Josh McGuinness about that. And if he goes and sticks another five goals in there, then he can rightly say that he's played a massive part um, in this entire journey that we've gone on. Um, you know, you don't forget. <laughs> let's not forget that that um, run to the corner that he decides to. Decided to go and try and create a second goal in the yeah. last minute against Ukraine when everybody's screaming, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> go to the corner. Even my mom, who's never watched a football game in her life, was screaming at Josh McGuinness to go to the corner. And I'm like, how do you even know what going to the corner means, yeah. mom? That, you know, yeah, that's, maybe, how, that's maybe, how obvious it was, but he does you know. Yeah. And that always, you can always say that's a turning point in his Northern Ireland career. I know he scores a Greece goal before that, but like, I mean, if he, if he, if they go off the other end and, and it ends one all, like he's, he doesn't play for Northern Ireland again, probably. That's a David Ginola moment, that, you know? So, so yeah, that may be the only time he's been the player in his entire life that day, um, and he may never be the player again. So, look, it's, 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 yeah, I think we can, we can give Josh all the, all the praise in the world, but, you know, it'll, it'll keep on coming back to this conversation as to, you know, where, where, where is this team going? Where is this team going? Because for me, Although we get the win tonight, that's a I think that team selection and that approach to the game is a backward step. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Um, we were going to do some Lafferty and McMenamin chat, but we've decided we can't be arsed. So if you've got a problem with that, send all your thoughts to my emails and I'll not respond to them because to be honest, it's just nonsense what about a 
one side of things is really angry about the other and defends their own. The other side of things is really angry about the other and defends their own. One side says it's whataboutery when you mention the other one. The other side says it's whataboutery when you mention the other one. We can't be arsed with it in this podcast. If you want my thoughts, um, you know, I don't know, come and have a pint with me in Liverpool or something. So, like, like really, really, like, I sort of felt like we, we should do it, but I also feel like I, I can't really be arsed. I don't really have any thoughts on it. Um, Neither of them are, you know, massive players for us. If it was Steve Davis, I would... um have some thoughts on it, but uh, it's not, it's too, it's too idiots. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think the situations they're, they're being, they're, I don't know, basically they both did exactly the same thing. There may be a massive amount of time between the two of them, but they both did exactly the same thing and they both deserve to be dropped from the squad, in my opinion. And like you say, I don't really have any time to talk about that because in no. my eyes, we should be way, 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 way past that as a society. So it's um, it's also Saturday night and there's drinking to do, so we don't have time to talk about it. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, absolutely fine. Right, grease away. Any changes you'd like to make? Um, I uh, the manager yeah, loads <laughs> the manager. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, would you, now that we're sort of safe in the group, would you like to see a sort of more exciting lineup? Maybe. You know, we know what Corey Evans, George Savile, Josh McGinnis can do. Would you like to see a little bit of a change there? I wouldn't mind seeing Josh McGinnis up front again. I think he gives us a lot, but then maybe a McCann back in, a Thompson, give him a go. Sure, that'll be popular with you, but I'd certainly like to see Charles and uh, and Bradley start again. Don't know about you. Oh, honestly. They're shouting Jody Spen- Brody Spencer in the background. I don't even know if he's in the squad. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, like, at this point in time, um, I don't really care. And that might sound... Yep. ridiculous but I just don't really care whoever plays whoever plays will play because I'm looking at this now as as you know there was a po- there was there used to be a point to all of this you know all of this used to have a purpose but yeah. it was <laughs> to transition from an aging generation to a new generation as seamlessly as you possibly can without having a massive drop off of performance and on the last 15 games and certainly on the lineup that is picked tonight, that experiment for me has failed or that objective has failed. So to me, I think it's kind of a meaningless fixture. It's as meaningless a fixture as you could have. Um, I think we're so, safe now, aren't we? Unless they unless they win maybe four goals, just Cyprus, which they're not going to do, are they? Uh, so. Well, they're already one up. And after 20 minutes, they? <laughs> right? Okay, right, dead on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll we, we, yeah, in fact, in fact, Cyprus are one nil up against Greece, by the way. So we're not safe. <laughs> no, a, 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 I don't know if live scores calculates it correctly, but apparently, we are currently a bottom. No, apparently, we're not because I thought that as well. But apparently, it's weird. So it's head to head before goal difference. So I thought that because Cyprus have the two goals at Windsor Park, they'll be ahead of us in head to head. But away goals don't count in head to head, but they do in overall goal difference. So apparently we're okay because we've got right. about four goals more than them. Who knows? Well, we might we'll end see. up in League D, but we might get a trip to Gibraltar. So who cares? Yeah, one of the benefits of international football, if your team was rubbish, is that you never used to have to worry about relegation. Well, <laughs> there's just yeah. something else, some more misery to pour on my on my social <laughs> life. Fabulous. 
Yeah, amazing. I mean, yeah, let, let, let's hope Greece will put the goal back against Cyprus. What a miserable sentence to say as a Northern Ireland fan. Who would have thought that we'd have said that ever under Michael O'Neill? Yeah. Um, we're not let's, have a, let's, let's have a, do you know what let's have? Let's have a 4-3-3 and let's have a front three of Lavery, Lavery, Charles and White. That'd and be class, wouldn't it? He's never yeah, going to do just, it. No, of course he isn't going to do it. But let's, I would, if, if, I, if, if I was to be given the job tomorrow, I would do that just, just for the crack. So, yeah, I think there's, I think there's value in that, but sure, what do I know? Um, yeah, right. Um, we're going to do some comments, but A, I can't be arsed. B, I need a piss and C, it's Saturday night. There's some drinking to do. So we, we actually do really appreciate listener input, but just not really on a Saturday night, if that's okay. Um, if that no, I can see Andy's mates pacing around in the background. <laughs> seeking out. Themselves, would you ever hurry up and wrap this nonsense <laughs> up, please? <laughs> controversial comment in the background there fan favorite david dunning over peter baker there sorry pete looking forward to welcoming you on tuesday night no we're joking we all love pete as well um but but yes yeah listen um it's a it's a northern Ireland win in the nation's league which, which we haven't had for the entirety of the competition it's good to get that monkey off our back let's hope it doesn't get barclough any sort of extended period of time thank you very much dave dunning for joining me i've been andy bell um up, up, up the Gawa, I suppose. I don't know. It's really Aye. hard to get excited about this, isn't it? Um, but yes, we'll see you after Kosovo.